gentlemen, it is Sunday night, which means one thing and one thing only. I am going to bitch and moan online about the news again. And there's tons of news to bitch and moan about. So we're going to do just that. But first, I've got to do the everything because that is what pays the bills. So you can find us on all the platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, YouTube, and Spotify. Go to the Libertarian Party Veterans Caucus, leading Libertarians veteran issues, leading veterans to Libertarian solutions. You know, it's the only uh, caucus in the LP specifically designed for vets. Tollier for KY.com. That's T-O-L-L-E-R, the number four, KY.com. That's James Tollier for Kentucky. It's people over politics, people helping people. Go help the man out. Go with him a few bucks. He's an awesome dude, and he deserves all the support he can get. We've got Chris Bach for Alaska's congressman. Go to itstimealaska.com. Uh, you can cop all of our merch at uh, com. You've got the uh, Ban Exorcism Lock Begins at Possession shirts, two of them. We've got the Ban Assault Government because the most dangerous thing on the streets of Chilling County is government. And then we've got the hashtag Anarchy Loop shirt. Uh, go to electnaliebruno.com. You go to redemptiontactical.com. That is our special link right there on the screen. If you're on TikTok, you won't see it, but you can hear it. So, you know, go to redemptiontactical.com. Uh, Cardin for Cardin.com slash donate. It's timealaska.com. Use the hashtag ChrisforAK. LPS.com. Hashtag Anarchy Loop. If you don't know, you don't know. And that just sucks for you. Uh, let's see. We got NickSawall.com getting married very, very soon. Awesome dude. Um, I hope him and Ashley enjoy the rest of their lives together because we're about tired of putting up with this shit. Uh, Lima for Hayward.us. Uh, Will for OK.com. And that's it. That's all the ad read stuff I've got for you this week. Got Minnesota Black Road Regiment. What's up, man? He's here. Yeah. What's the show on Oh, yeah. Yeah, Susie will be on this guy's show here, the Minnesota Black Robe Regiment. Go check them out, too, because they're going to bring her on to talk about uh, some of the activism she's done here in Florida. So let's see. Let's get into the news. So the most important news that I can cover this week happened last night. Uh, If you lived under a rock and you haven't heard, Tennessee, for the first time in 15 years, has beat Alabama. Fuck yes. Fuck yes. It has been a long time coming. Tennessee has finally defeated Alabama. And they're still undefeated. They've beaten Florida, because fuck Florida. They beat LSU. Now they've beat Alabama. And in two weeks, two weeks, they have to play Kentucky and then Georgia. So, if Tennessee is able to throttle out Kentucky and Georgia, guess what, baby? It's 1998 all over again. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. But here's some interesting news. If you haven't seen, at the end of the game, the fans, a stadium of 100,000 people rushed the field after the game. After the game-winning kick, Tennessee wins. Nick Saban is ushered off the field quickly and promptly by state troopers. Tennessee fans rush the stadium or rush the field. That action right there cost the uh, UT football program $100,000 in fines. 
Not to mention the fact that when they tore down the goalposts, drug it up over the top of the stadium, broke it into pieces, and drug it down the streets of Knoxville and threw it into the river, that uh, that goalpost is – I think they're estimating it's going to cost them another close to $100,000 just to replace it. So, you know what? We won. We beat them. And that $200,000, that ain't shit. That was money well spent, well earned. You know, I can't even complain about it, honestly. I mean, it was such a great victory. It was a damn good game. I thought I was going to be hoarse today. I really did. I didn't think I was going to be able to do the show because I just. It was the best game I've seen in 15 years. Yeah, I mean, it was the best game I think anyone's going to see all year between college or pros. I mean, that was such, such a close game. And Minnesota, you did not turn into, tune into, turn into, tune into a sports broadcast. I am personally invested in Tennessee. And so I talked about that. So, you know what? It's all right. Uh, All right, now we're going to get into some stuff that people might actually care about. That's not me. Um, we're going to discuss uh, a couple of things. First off, we're going to talk about the midterm elections that are coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, November 8th is when the election will be. And there's a couple of things that I think need to be addressed going into this. For people who are new to politics, who don't really fully understand how a lot of this works and how a lot of this kind of goes down. The midterms uh, for the House, uh, House seats are two years apiece. The Senate is six, and the presidency is four years, and then you've got local uh, elections that go on at different points in the year. Some will be on November, some have been in August, some have been in October. But November is kind of a big telling point in between presidential years. And here's why. There's a referendum on how the, the American people believe the current party in power is doing. Currently, the Democrats hold the Senate, the House, and the presidency. Now, if you go by polling numbers, Democrats are doing abysmal right now. Um, polling numbers are plummeting every single day. Inflation's on the rise. Joe Biden, uh, in two words, says made in America. Um, it is getting worse and worse and worse. Even Democrats are having trouble defending Democrats. That's how bad it is. So the fear that a lot of people have in November is that we will see this massive swing to the right. And I'm not saying... I'm pro-Democrat or pro-Republican. I'm pro-neither. I'm pro the American individual, the American public, and the rights of the individual. But here's why it is a problem if we swing hard back to the right. The Republicans are just as shitty and just as fucking stupid as the Democrats. It's just about different policies. Republicans are horrible with gun legislation. They will strip you of gun rights much faster than Democrats. They just don't talk about it. They just do it secretly behind closed doors with the NRA. And next thing you know, hey, now you can't buy machine guns built after 1986. Why? Because Ronald Reagan and the NRA said so. So, you know, um, yeah. So we've got to look at, uh, we're going to, Bring up this article. It's it's about ten critical house races to watch in November. It's from the Hill. 
So we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, but the, and here's another thing too. Here's a big thing uh, that's going to be important this election, as opposed to many other elections, is that now that the uh, what is it called? Um, the census has been done. Now we know what house seats and re- districts are going to look like because now that the census has been done, we're, we see a population increase from the last 10 years. So that means there's going to be more house seats in some states. How that's going to look, it's going to be interesting to see. So one of the 10 races that is going to be important to look at will be California's 22nd Congressional District. The race for California's 22nd Congressional District will determine if another House Republican who voted to impeach former President Donald Trump for his role in the January 6th insurrection will be defeated or if he will continue for another term. More than likely, any Republican who goes against Trump will probably do well in California. Just going to be honest. Um, uh, Rep. David Valad. Valadado, Valado, is one of two House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump. He was running for re-election in November. The other eight lost their primaries to Trump-backed challengers or choose to not run for re-election. Valado is running against Democrat Rudy Salva, a California State Assemblyman. Trump did not endorse anyone in the open primary for the seat. And Valado placed second in the primary in advance to the general election. Uh, another one that the Hill says you should be watching is Michigan's seventh congressional district. Seven specifically. Seven. Well, I mean these are specific seats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rep. It sounds like you said seven. I did say seven. So seven specific. Seven specifically. <laughs> Michigan's seventh congressional district. Rep. Alicia Slotkin, Democrat, uh, represents one of the handful of districts that Trump and a Democratic House candidate both won in 2020. She was first elected in 2018 by a few points and won re-election in 2020 by about the same margin. She's facing Republican Tom Barrett, a Michigan State Senator and member of the State uh, National Guard, who has been a vocal proponent of a vocal opponent of Governor Gretchen Whitmer, uh, her use of emergency powers throughout the entire COVID-19 pandemic, as we all should be. Um, Slotkin has campaigned on being a moderate who worked in the CIA under both Democrat and Republican administration. There is no such thing as a moderate who has worked for the CIA. There is no such, and I will repeat it for those in the back, there is no such thing as a moderate who worked for the CIA. Barrett has criticized her for consistently voting in favor of Biden's proposals. The nonpartisan Cook political report rates the race as a toss-up. And we're going to go through all 10 of these, and then at the end, we're going to go over it a little bit. Uh, Nebraska's 2nd Congressional District, Rep. Don Bacon, is fighting for re-election to represent Nebraska's 2nd District against Democrat candidate Tony Vargas, a state senator, the three-term incumbent, 
who won his last election by over four percentage points, despite the fact that it was the only district in the state to swing for Biden. Vargas has leaned into issues like abortion and in addition to lowering prescription drug and affordable health care, among others, Bacon has forced uh, focused on his record working with Nebraskers on issues and tackling issues like the infant baby formula shortage. Why? I mean, the baby shortage, the baby shortage, there's not a baby shortage in this country. Actually, there is. We are actually at a decline on baby production in this country because younger and younger generations are realizing that it is not affordable to own either a house or have kids. So they're choosing to buy houses. Problem is, is now houses are so fucking expensive that you can't have either. So you know what? But anyways, the baby formula shortage was basically a cause of involvement by the federal government. So using the federal government to investigate why the federal government is causing baby formula shortages is fucking stupid. That's like shooting a man who breaks into your house and then investigating why you shot the man who broke into your house. That's exactly what that is. It's so incredibly stupid. New Jersey's 7th Congressional District. Are we going to talk about a state that I actually give a shit about or anyone cares about? Like, I'll tell you, maybe Nebraska. Maybe Nebraska. New Jersey? Like, uh, all right. I'm going to go on. I'm just ranting now. I'm in a good mood. A rematch of the 2020 contest will decide who represents New Jersey's head congressional district for the next two years. But Tom Mal- Malinowicz is Democrat is running against Republican Thomas Keene Jr. for the second time. The district has swung back and forth between voting for Democrat and Republican in recent years and will likely be the closest house race this year in New Jersey, a state where most districts lean comfortably Democratic. For this reason, many see it as uh, a bellwether for how Democrats will do across the country in November. New Hampshire's first congressional district. New Hampshire's first congressional district has been hotly contested in recent years as no one has held the seat for more than two consecutive terms in almost two decades. Good! No one should be holding seats for a long time. And so the fact that almost... What? Good! That's fantastic! Because guess what? No one should hold the ter- uh, hold that seat for more than two consecutive terms. Because guess what? You do? That breeds corruption. Look at Nancy Pelosi. She's been in Congress since the first one was formed in the 1700s. And that's why her teeth have rotted out. The sheep... Say I wouldn't want them. They fell out. (laughs) Uh, Representative Chris Pappas, Democrat, is running for his third term against Republican Caroline Levitt, a 25 year old former assistant in the Trump administration's press office. Holy fuck. That woman must be a goddamn genius. Because if she worked in the Trump administration's press office, she's got to be able to do some shit with some words because. That was an administration that needed a great press team. Uh, Levitt defeated Matt Mowers, the Republican nominee for the seat in 2020, who worked on Trump's 2016 campaign and the state's department and the GOP primary last month. Oregon's 6th Congressional District, the newly drawn seat, once again, like I said, this is a new district that we're going to talk about. So the newly drawn 6th Congressional District in Oregon features a matchup between Democratic candidate Andrea Salas, Salinas, uh, a state representative. I mean, politicians aren't real people. I don't give about shit about their existence. So why are we? Except for the fact that their policies matter. So, uh, a 
a state representative and Republican candidate, Mike Erlickson, the founder of a consulting firm focused on supply chain logistics. Uh, on the surface, there are signs that the seat should be more favorable for Democrats, given that the data on the website 538 gives the new district a partisan lean of seven points for Democrats. But the nonpartisan election, the handicapper, Rhode Island, let's go on. Uh, Rhode Island, second congressional district. Texas is 34th congressional district. Washington's 8th congressional district. Wisconsin's 3rd congressional district. Blah, blah, blah. Anyways. So they keep talking about who's favorite here, who's favorite there, who's favorite here, who's favorite there. Here's the dirty secret no one fucking knows. Prime example the 2016 election. They said Hillary Clinton would win in a landslide. She didn't. They said Joe Biden would win in a landslide. He fucking didn't. He won fairly closely. Uh, it was a lot more narrow than people want to admit. So, why does this election matter? Because Joe Biden is polling so abysmally. Democrats in Congress are polling abysmally. Kamala Harris polls so low that more Americans would vote yes to getting kicked in the nuts than voting for Kamala Harris for VP or president. Not that you vote for VP, but if there was a choice between getting kicked in the nuts and voting for Kamala Harris, most Americans would vote to get kicked in the nuts. So, and what that means is it translates into votes. We're probably going to see a massive runaway with Republicans. And how do I, what, what evidence do I have to this? Well, two things. One, what we're seeing is this massive influx in pushing the propaganda that January 6th was the worst thing that's ever happened to Americans. It wasn't. January 6th wasn't shit. If you are legitimately worried about January 6th, I have great fucking news for you. Because the, the U.S. government is way worse with populists every single day with no knocks, red flag laws, and all the other shit. So essentially, it was just the American people doing a no-knock raid on the federal government. So, but, um, but yes, so they're pushing the propaganda again that January 6th was the worst thing that ever happened to make, try and tie Republicans into uh, the fact that they're responsible for this. They keep dragging Trump or keep dragging Trump up. That way they can beat down Republican nominees that Trump has personally endorsed. Problem is, is that I don't think that there's anybody that really gives a shit. Democrats care, but you're talking like hard partisan hats. Democrats that really care. I don't think the general American populace gives a flying fuck. Uh, most Americans can't really tell you anything about the court cases or anything that's going on, whether Trump's been subpoenaed or whether he's going to make a statement. Nobody cares. But they keep trying to tie him to it. Especially seeing it, they keep they keep dragging it on and on and on. I think they should just devote an entire branch of their company to the January 6th insurrection, riot, worst thing that's ever happened to America division. Um, and then the other thing is that we haven't really seen a whole lot of like good polling coming from this administration. Even late night talk show hosts who favor Democrats heavily. These talking heads who will say, oh, look how stupid Trump is. Look how great Joe Biden is, are starting to turn on the old man. They're even saying, look, this is a very hard, def- very hard man to defend. When he is saying dumb shit, 
like maybe we should go to nuclear war with Russia or saying dumb shit like, you know, two words made in America. That's three fucking words, you old bastard. Like when it gets to the point when even the uh, pop culture figures who are like dieting a lot of the dumb shit that you see in pop culture are saying this guy's an idiot. They start to get a little nervous. So I think I think Republicans run away with it, unfortunately, in November, here in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, what we can see is this pull away of uh, votes from Republicans and Democrats to Libertarians and put the adults in the room for once. Start bringing out people um, that I've had on the show, people who are who are the intellectuals, people who are average Americans, who are these, you know, children of multimillionaires who know what it's like to struggle every day, who's trying to decide whether or not they buy groceries this week or fuel for their vehicle this week, or whether they're trying to pay rent this month or or for the month, or they're going to buy, you know, new clothes for their kids for school this month. It, it's these decisions that everyday Americans have to face that these members of Congress aren't facing. The AOCs are not living poverty-stricken lives. They're living these luxurious lives. Don't let her fucking lie to you and say that she was struggling real bad. She was worth quite a bit of money before she hit Congress. I'm not talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, but she had quite a bit saved up, or if she had lost her job, she would have done all right for a while. Most Americans are not in that same position. Most Americans don't have enough savings to last an entire month if they lose their job. So... We need, we need adults in the room. We need more sophisticated minds. We need people who know the struggle that everybody faces. So, talking about adults in the room, we're going to go on to something that is both stupid, but also kind of makes sense. <clears throat> so, I'm going to... Yeah. <laughs> I need this first. Huh? No, I'm good. For those of you who don't know, uh, Alex Jones went on the air for months and months and months and talked about the Sandy Hook school shooting. And specifically what he said, I'm trying to find exactly what it was he said because I don't want to misattribute to what he said, but it's essentially that it didn't happen, that it was hoax. That was, yeah. He said it was a hoax staged by crisis actors who were advocates of gun control. I have said that the Las Vegas shooting was an inside job, that the federal government staged it, that they shot real Americans, but it wasn't uh, David Paddock who carried somehow almost 100 firearms up to his room and no one noticed and then managed to fire off an exorbitant amount of rounds by himself out of a window overlooking a crowd at a rate that an AR-15 won't hit with a bump stock. Humanly impossible. It is scientifically impossible. But you know what? We're supposed to just go with whatever they say, right? I mean, obviously, like, you can't just watch cell phone footage and notice multiple muzzle flashes from the same story window. And you can't just watch and listen to the fact that it sounds like an M240 Bravo, which is used by the U.S. military and other law enforcement agencies. You can't just sit there 
and listen to the fire rate and say that that doesn't sound like an AR-15. That sounds like something much faster. But you know, what do I know? I mean, the time between grab, dropping one AR and picking up the other would have had to have been less than one second. Um, so this must have been the most athletic human being on the planet, and he should have been signed up as a running back for any professional football team. But, you know, um, whatever. So Alex Jones is now being uh, – so they went to court, um, and he is now being sued for an astronomical $965 million. I don't know that Alex Jones is worth $965 million. I'm sure he's worth a few million, maybe even a few tens of million. But almost a billion dollars, those families are celebrating a win that they're never going to see. They're never going to see this money. And here's why. When, when a lawsuit occurs, these parents are not paying these attorneys. The attorneys are getting paid off the settlement money because that's how lawsuits work. Typically, the attorneys will just collect their, <clears throat> their portion up front and then the percentage that's agreed upon goes to the parents or to the, the victims. If these people legitimately think they're going to see 900, almost a billion dollars come out of Alex Jones' bank account, they're fucking idiots. I, I feel for these people. They lost their kids in a horrific accident. I do. But the idea that you're going to sue a man like Alex Jones for a billion dollars and you're going to see that money, it's not going to happen, people. I don't know who the fuck you think he's worth. He's not Alex Elon Musk Jones. This is Alex Infowars Jones, the <laughs> fluoride's turning the frog's gate, Alex Jones. He's not worth a billion dollars. I hate to tell you guys this. Here's also the really, really bad part of this story. They're attributing Alex Jones for, for misinformation, for, for purposely divulging false information to the general public that caused a detriment to these families. It's not uncommon for libel or slander lawsuits to exist. The problem I'm seeing here that I'm worried about moving forward is that now we may see families of COVID victims suing doctors who have said masks didn't work, who have said uh, vaccines didn't work, who have said these other things don't work. And because their family member died, they're going to sue these doctors for misinformation. But we can sue Fauci for the same reason. But he's a government official. Government officials are protected from such things. You know this. They're not going and and Democrats love him. They're not going to throw him under the bus. But they don't care about that. They don't care about the truth. They don't care that the CDC put out a statement saying that statistically vaccines don't do shit. They don't care about the truth. All they care about is the control that they have over you. And this trial has given them one more tool to publicly beat people to death with. If they can sue you into submission for saying stuff that they don't like, guess what? They're going to fucking do it. Now, the federal government, I don't believe, can sue you for personal damages. 
the same way I don't believe you can sue the federal – actually, you can sue the federal government for personal damages. Oh, yeah. But there are certain individuals in the federal government who are above reproach on certain things like this. They're not supposed to be, but they are for some stupid fucking reason. But, um, yeah, so let's see. Blah, 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 blah. I was actually getting ready to read that. So Michael Wyatt for U.S. Congress, another gentleman who you should vote for in November instead of one of these ass clowns uh, that would just ruin your life more. Vote for Michael Wyatt for U.S. Congress. Uh, so Michael Wyatt just remembered the opioid stuff. <clears throat> just remember the opioid settlement was six billion. A big farm intentionally lied to the public, killed hundreds of thousands of people, and caused the most massive addiction crisis seen in this country ever. Six billion. Alex Jones was just ordered to pay one-sixth of that. This isn't about compensation. It's about silencing the question, questioning of narratives. Yes, it is. It's not about giving these parents money and making them feel better. Alex Jones didn't kill their kids. Yes, he was a complete asshat about how he went around things and said it was a hoax. I've not seen his evidence on it. But I'm fairly certain the evidence isn't there. Alex Jones has been right about a lot of things. He does a lot of research and gets a lot of shit right. This whole Sandy Hook thing, I haven't seen the evidence of it. And yes, he is 100% correct. The astronomical amount of money that they're trying to, that they're going to go after him for now, it's not about making sure that these families are well compensated. It's making sure that they silence him. And they've done that before. Like they've, Alex Jones is one of the first people that the federal government asked for uh, social media companies to silence online. We know that as a fact. It, they called it a conspiracy when we when it was announced. When people were saying, oh, they went up to Alex Jones, the government was in cahoots with it. We know it to be an actual fact, though, because the evidence has come out. They've shown that the federal government was working with Facebook and YouTube and Twitter, and all these other places to silence people like Alex Jones. It's not a secret. They have the Department of, what is it, the Department of Truth now. What the fuck they actually call it? Their Department of Misinformation. Oh, my God. Is that a thing? It is a real thing. It's an actual department. So uh, it's, uh, they call it the Ministry of Truth Online as a joke. But, yes. That's not about the truth. It's not about giving people real information. It's about making sure the American populace is silent and complicit to whatever their fucking overlords say. And it's not in favor solely of Democrats. Republicans did the same thing. Remember how Republicans have gone after and still continue to go after Edward Snowden? Remember how Republicans signed the legislation that created the Patriot Act? that created the largest um, spy network on the planet, which is every electronic ever made. And it wasn't just Americans that it went after. It was it was foreign dignitaries. It was uh, Brits, Japanese. It was anyone on the planet that their system could get a hold of, it spied on. So, yes, guess what? They don't give a shit about right and wrong. They only care about their truth and their truth is that they want you to roll over and die and be complicit in their program. Minnesota Black Robe Regiment says, 
California just passed a law that allows the state to strip a doctor of their medical board if they speak against protocols and approved narratives. Yes. I believe the actual legislation that was stated or the actual headline for this said that if they go against what, what the state house says, they will lose their license. It, it doesn't say anything about science. It says that if a medical doctor goes against policies implemented by non-doctors in the state house, they will lose their license. Trust the science. Just trust the science. <laughs> Make sure you trust the science. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, look at her. She's a fucking scientist. She's, a, she's an alcoholic, prehistoric fucking scientist. She's been around since the earth was flat. I mean, fuck, she was there when Jesus was walking around talking to people. Obviously a scientist. We should trust her and not your doctor. Don't listen to your doctor. They're just a quack. Make sure you turn on CNN and Fox News. They will save your life when you have a heart attack. Where do we go anymore? Who do we look to? Who do we turn to in this, on this planet of bullshit? I mean, we are trapped in a, in, a, in a monster, a political monster that is doomed to kill us all. It's no, we no longer use common sense. Oh, uh, they said they disbanded that department already. I haven't seen that. But apparently the, the Ministry of Truth has already been disbanded. Yeah, because it's fucking bullshit. It was, it was pretty stupid. Yeah. But the, if, you ha- if you don't follow the Ministry of Truth on, on Twitter, you absolutely should. It's a hilarious a fucking account. It's amazing. Well, now it's practically satire. Well, it was satire. The Ministry of Truth account was a satire. Oh, no, that one, yeah. Yeah. No, but, like, there was, like, a fact-checking organization oh, that God. the government was actually backing. Yeah. But anyways, um, fact-checking. Like, this show here has an actual hard strike on YouTube for COVID. Um, we talked about, uh, I'm not going to say what it was because I don't want another hard strike. You get three and then they destroy your channel. Um, but it was an episode talking about athletes you can find the episode on facebook and on the website well not on the website too old but you can find it on spotify you can find it on youtube or facebook but yeah so i mean where do we go from here what what's the future of america going to look like i mean what what as people, as millennials, what do we tell the next two generations, Gen Zers and Alpha Generation? Turn the bottle hunker down and pray for daylight. I mean, what 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 are we passing to them? I blame boomers for a lot of our issues. I blame the 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 the, the greatest generation and the generation the silent generation. Why is that? Because they are the ones that started these policies. Electing Woodrow Wilson allowed social programs to start really existing in the United States in a large way. And then policies continued on from there. We are in the same boat now as millennials. Millennials have to start understanding where we lie in all this. We are the generation who is starting to take the reins of all this. We've already had a vice presidential candidate as a millennial. We have congressmen and women who are, or people who are running for Congress who are millennials. 
we have to start taking responsibility for the way that this nation is going. If not, what we're passing on to our kids and our grandkids and all these kids who are growing up, they are so incredibly fucked. More so than us. Because they will be left with the burden of what our inactions have done. It's not just our inactions. It's the inactions of everyone from the silent generation up to us thrown at them. The same way as all of it piled onto us. We have to start taking reasonable, commonsensical, liberty-minded action. Otherwise, it's all over. There is no future of, uh, of, for an America with any sort of liberty or freedom. We are worse now for freedom than 90% of the planet. We are so dangerously close to Chinese level over censorship and control and all of this stuff. They're just not outright saying it. The difference between the United States and the Communist people, or the People's Republic of China, is the fact that the People's Republic of China comes out and says it. Our government calls it freedom. They won't let you have freedom of speech, but it's the freedom to think about for freedom of speech. You can't have separate thought anymore, but you can think about the freedom of thought. There's nowhere left to go in the world to have these freedoms that we have enshrined here. We have to bring back the culture of freedom. We have to start digging in and pushing back against this system, this corrupt system that has allowed career politicians to bet on the stock market based on policy that they're going to to pass or deny. We have to start pushing back. And that's a big thing. There's legislation right now that would prevent congressmen and women, their spouses and their, uh, their kids from participating in the stock market as long as they're in Congress. And it makes so much sense. Because if you know policy is going to change around how uh, oil drilling is done in the United States, you can bet on the stock market. And it's not even betting at this point. Betting is a game of chance. You're rigging the system to make yourself money. And that's what these people are doing. All of these career politicians who make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year but are worth hundreds of millions, you don't do that with just a, a congressman's salary or a senator's salary. They're rigging the system. Martha Stewart was busted for insider trading. What does congressmen and women who are participating in the stock market, who are pushing policy one way or the other, what would you call that? She had knowledge that something was going to happen, and so she participated in the stock market. One thing. She got busted for inside trading. Uh, Frank Pelosi has known he's, a be- he's, he's more efficient on the stock market than Warren Buffett or just anybody, any big name that you can sit there and point towards that would be some <clears throat> master of the, the market. Excuse me. He has has a better track record. All these people do, and it's on our backs that they're making this money. 
So why is it okay for them to make this money, but others can't? It's plain and simple. There's two groups of people in the United States. There's the elites, and then there's the fucking rest of us. The rest of us are screwed all to hell, and they get to live their lavish lives in D.C. on top of these pillars that they've built for themselves on the graves of American men and women that have died overseas. It's so simple. But Americans need to wake up and push against this. They have to wake up and start fighting back. Wake up from the matrix. Break yourself out of the pot and start fighting against the system because otherwise it's too late and we're all screwed. Our kids are screwed. Our grandkids are screwed. Buy all the guns. Buy all the guns and ammo. Cause let me tell you something. That paper currency you keep it in your wallet and in your bank account, it ain't worth shit. <laughs> it's gonna get worse. Inflation. Buy all the fun. <laughs> fun guns anonymous. It's anonymous. No. Um Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. We're looking to a future that is so bleak and abysmal that I no longer wish to participate. I no longer wish to be a part of this society. I no longer wish to be a part of this country. I want to disappear and no longer exist to the general public. Well, they don't know that. <laughs> but um, and we're working on that. I I will practice what I preach. We're in the process of buying property and just disappearing. Being self-sufficient and living off the land that nature has provided to us, that God has provided to us. And we plan to maintain it and take care of it. We will not participate in this mega farm corporate farm bullshit we care for the animals that are under our care we take care of those around us our family and our friends and uh that's that's where we're that's what we're moving towards that is the 10-year goal so well 10 years is fully self-sustaining but i'm going to do one more article here uh, hey, you're great. So, CNN Politics came out with an article. I didn't know CNN covered anything that wasn't politics, but okay. Student loan forgiveness applications are now open through the beta mode website, according to the Biden administration. There was another website that the government came out with. It was in a, a so-called beta mode. And it was apparently just as critical to the American populace. That's right. It was Obamacare. It was the Obamacare website. It was healthcare.gov. That website crashed. What? They said it was up. 10 seconds, and then continuously crashed and continuously crashed and continuously crashed. I think it was like 8, 9, 10 months before the fucking thing even worked out. 
And I'm not going to check on the website. You know why? Because I have zero intention of participating in this Ponzi scheme. And I call it a Ponzi scheme because student loan forgiveness is not forgiveness. It's the American government paying off your debt for you. And in, in essence, you are still paying the debt. It's just not directly. Guess what? The government doesn't provide its own income. It steals it from you, so you're still paying for it. You're just paying for it over a longer amount of time at a much, much higher interest rate for no return. So the Biden administration has opened the application process for Americans seeking student uh, debt relief in a beta period starting Friday evening, officials told CNN, allowing applications to begin signing up, I'm sorry, allowing applicants to begin signing up before their website is formally unveiled later this month. It is going to be such a clusterfuck, and I'm super excited to report on it when it happens and it crashes and it burns all the way to the ground. In August, uh, President Joe Biden announced his decision to cancel up to 10000 in student. Yeah, we covered this. Pretty much it's up to $20,000, depending on which loans you got and how much you make and this and that. It's once again, you know, a classist-based system, depending on who you are and how much you're worth and all this. Uh, and also, it doesn't qualify for people who are smart enough to get their own private loans. It's only for people who went through the government loans. Of specifically FAFSA, the federal aid, federal student aid program. Uh, so tonight, the Department of Education will be beta testing the student debt relief website during the beta testing period. Borrowers will be able to submit applications for the Biden Harris administration. Why did they hyphenate that? Borrowers will be able to submit applications for the Biden hyphen Harris administration student debt relief program. I don't think I've ever seen them do that before. I don't think I've ever seen an administration be president, vice president, administration. It's always the president's administration. Is it because she's a black woman and you have to be so inclusive that she's the least liked vice president probably in history? But, you know, we've got to be woke. We've got to make sure we have a black female vice president, even if she's the most hated person on the planet. She polls incredibly low, even amongst her peers. But, you know, we got to make sure it's uh, the Biden-Harris administration. we got to throw her under the bus, too, when all of this fails. Um, a spokesperson for the Department of Education told CNN exclusively Friday. Exclusive? Oh! It's so exclusive. I mean, who would have thought Democrats and CNN would work together? I'm just astonished by all this. I mean, CNN, I mean, I thought CNN was unbiased. CNN was so unbiased and just, they cared about making sure you get the right information. And other hilarious lies you can tell your friends at parties. Um, Anyone who applies for the debt relief in the beta program will receive a confirmation email, but their application will not be processed until the site formally launches. So why have the website? You can apply now, but you won't get the relief until the website goes live. What is the purpose then? Like, as an IT professional, I understand you want to test the website, right? You want to make sure it works and all this and all that. 
the government's not that fucking smart. They don't know that you have to test these things. They just launch shit and hope it fucking works. So what's the purpose of having the website go live? The application actually go through, but you can't do anything with it. It'll just back up the entire system down the road. All you're doing is creating a massive queue for people who are going to be waiting on this stuff when the website launches. I went off this planet. Elon Musk, I'm begging you, my man. Hurry the fuck up. Get me off this planet now. I need out of here. This 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 rock is fucked. And I mean a royally fucked. Burn to the ground fucked. But that's it for tonight. That's all I'm gonna cover. Um I've got football to watch because it's football season. And I'm an American who watches football. Okay. Okay. Go Cowboys. They play the Eagles. Uh, They play the Eagles tonight who are undefeated. So we'll see how it goes. But ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you tuning in tonight. It's been an awesome episode. At least in my opinion, I'm very humble and very modest. It's been a fantastic episode. (laughs) I bring just such elegance and brevity to the entire (laughs) Uh, but no, really. Is that Benedict Cumberbatch? <laughs> I'm incredibly humble and, and superiorly modest. The modesty is just such more superior. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, tune in Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Freedom Time. It's going to get weird. For myself and where the fuck is he at? He was Brad in here. Brad Stag. Yeah, Brad Stag. It is going to be an anarchy super showdown. WWE Super Slam. Um, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Thursday night. Um. <laughs> It's going to be an Anarchy Super Slam, Super Showdown, whatever the hell you want to call it. It's going to be so much fun. He is a piece of shit. I'm a massive piece of shit. It is going to be glorious. So, do not miss this Thursday night. Um, They're fighting over there on the couch during the show. Incredibly rude to you people. But, ladies and gentlemen, I love y'all. Y'all have a great night. Be free. Love your freedoms. Buy more guns. Buy all the guns. Buy all the guns. Tune in next Monday on Minnesota Black Robe Regiment for their episode with Susie Q. And it's going to be amazing. Uh, It'll be 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, so not freedom time, unfortunately. But, you know, that's all right. Not all of us can live in the best part of the country, which is the eastern part. Yeah, it's still the better part. But... I love you all. You have a fantastic night. And uh, remember, buy more guns and uh, throw shit at your local congressman. Peace.